Hello, and everybody, welcome to Hit Chat Chit Chat. I'm your host, Connor Reynolds. Uh, today, we have another incredible guest. If you guys tuned into the podcast uh, that dropped this past Tuesday, uh, we had the owner and original founder of Natural Baseball Academy, Scott Jones, come on. Uh, we lightly uh, referred to a strength program that they have uh, incorporated inside their facility. And today, we have the mastermind behind it right now. Uh, we have Trent McMaster. Trent, how are you doing then? Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Uh, if you wouldn't mind kind of going over a little bit about who you are uh, and a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so a bit about me. Uh, currently, uh, I work for Exos, uh, and I am a sports performance specialist. Um, we are here in Olathe, Kansas, outside the KC Metro, um, and just just pumping out uh, baseball players, you know, athletes, uh, right and left. We got a lot of kids inside of, like you said, Natural Baseball Academy, and we have a lot of fun here. Um, my background, uh, I'm, I'm from Topeka, Kansas. Um, born and raised there kind of on the outskirts uh played some travel baseball here in kansas city um went to uh coffeeville community college for a little bit you know grinded it out there the juco route juco johnny i love it um after that went to uh k-state for two years played for two years there got my uh undergrad in kinesiology uh had a had a great time there met some great people there um after that, I went down and got my master's degree at University of Central Oklahoma. Um, learned a lot while down there. Did, did an internship for Exos down there, um, working with some special athletes down there. And then um, after that, I did an internship at Cressy Sports Performance down in uh, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. And I uh, got to get even more experience down there. Um, and I, I had a blast doing it. Um, but that's just a that's just a bit about me uh, learning as I go. Oh man, so you've had a pretty fulfilling resume so far, and you are uh, not the oldest gentleman in the room. So what is uh, <laughs> what, How old are you, man? I uh, just turned twenty six uh, about a month ago. Let's go, baby! That's incredible. Yeah. Um, what kind of you mentioned the JUCO grind? Um, mentioned playing baseball. Was it always kind of growing up that you wanted uh, the idea of uh, obviously MLB is the the dream, but when that wasn't the reality, has, has it always an idea been behind uh, to do the strength and to do these kind of internship programs, or what were you really wanting to do uh, through these college and high school years? Um, absolutely not is the answer to that. You know, I think growing up and playing sports and playing all the sports and everybody wants to be a professional athlete, right? Like, um, you know, of course I lived that dream. I chased that dream. And, um, now I like to think that I quit that dream to help others achieve that dream. Right. But, um, a lot of people don't realize how difficult it is to be an athlete, right? Like, you know, once, especially get to that college level, you know, weights in the morning class all day, practice all night, or all day and then you got school all night and you got to repeat it all over again and that that's a tough grind right so I realized that kind of that um, once I got done playing and I didn't get drafted you know none of that happened um, that's okay you know that's what was supposed to happen um, and and I started kind of trying to figure out what I want to do and where this you know my niche would be and how you know how I would fit into this world and society right so um, that's when I kind of started reading books, you know, growing up, I wasn't the reader, right? I was just like, 
that's that's dumb you know whatever but um i started to kind of get find things that i'm interested in and that led me down to the uh down to edmund get my master's degree and continue to coach like i just knew kind of once i didn't get drafted that i was wanting to coach right i always liked science and i always liked sports but i i just felt like the need to coach um but that's kind of where it started. Like, I didn't even know I wanted to play college baseball until, you know, that opportunity kind of came along senior year. Like, all these kids are stressing after freshman, sophomore year. I got nowhere looking at me. And I'm like, you know, just relax, you know, play ball. But, um, yeah, that that's something that just I've kind of had to figure out as I, as I went. When did the uh, kind of reality hit? Was it when the internship started rolling in? Was it when uh, you went off to uh, Edmond? When was it when you were like, this is what I want to do? Like, this is what I want to do? Because, I mean, that's a big choice. That's a big decision. Yeah, it, it is for sure. Um, to be honest, uh, after K-State didn't, didn't get drafted, I knew that you know, like, I don't really know where I need to go in life right now, but I know I do like to learn and I know I want to get my master's degree at some point. So boom, signed up, let's do it. I'll figure it out when I get down there, get down there. And I started to slowly figure it out after first year of coaching college baseball, I was loving it, having a great time. Um, you know, some of the kids were actually my same age and one of them was older than me. And I was, you know, telling them what to do respectfully, of course, you know, but that I learned a lot that first year and I learned that, you know, I do love the college coaching ranks, but I kind of want to find my own niche in here and maybe not stay like with it, like university currently, like to, to, to coach baseball or to coach hitting, to coach, you know, fielding, whatever. I want to kind of find my way to do a little bit of everything. Um, and that's, that's where it led me to the internship with Exos, you know, learn how to really coach skill acquisition, right? Like, there, there's more to it than than just you know staying low and, and throwing and shuffling right stuff like that like you gotta there's way more behind the table you know how do they actually move right every player's different so I wanted to start learning that um, and that's where I did with the you know I was thankful enough to work with some really special athletes um, with my Exos internship um, and you know just got to kind of get my niche in there get my foot in there started doing some FMS you know assessments and started to learn more about assessments and I just really enjoyed that process so I was like I, I think I'm going to run with this side of things and um, for now kind of step away from being that hitting coach you know but I, I love I love it both still so much so that's awesome and to be able to tie in to be able to communicate with the athletes that are, are coming into Natural Baseball Academy and to be able to say like, hey, I was where, where you're trying to go. Like, you're not just a, a football meathead or somebody that's just walking in, slanging a, a gallon of water on the ground and wanting to lift massive. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But right, there's something to it being able to be a younger baseball player, look up to someone that was in that position and is like, I know what you need to do. I am here to help you. My sole purpose is here. Like you said, you quit your dream to help others achieve theirs. That's something special about that. What have you? What has been the uh, return, I guess, in some of these players uh, when you first came in and uh, said, like, hey, I did go uh, play at K-State. I did do these things. What was the, uh, uh, I guess, return of the younger guys? What do they kind of get out of that and see that with having someone like you demonstrating and working with them? 
Right. Uh, I would say probably first off, like my dreams just kind of changed, right? Like, like, yeah, that's just, that's just kind of how life goes, right? You kind of evolve as you go. I'm starting to kind of learn that. Not that I know any, I still got a lot to learn, but, um, I would say when I first got here, um, there was a lot of people in here, right? There's, there's a lot of kids walking in these doors and, you know, they're, they're from nine years old to 19 years old. And, you know, I want to try to make a positive impact with every single one of those kids. You know, first thing I did, learn their names, right? I got to learn their names. I got to learn all, every single one of their names, maybe even their parents' names, you know, siblings' names, like all that. That's what I'm trying to do first. Um, and from there, I was able to somewhat, you know, gain their respect and then start speaking, hey, like, guys, I'm going to tell you what you don't want to hear. And it's going to be, it's going to be hard, right? Like, you guys don't realize how good you have it. You know, being in this facility, like no, most people don't have a facility like this or, you know, facilities that are popping up all over the place nowadays like this. Right. So it, it, it's it's really a blessing that you get the opportunity to come here and, you know, work on yourself at such a young age. Right. Um, and that's something that I was trying to like still to this day, try to get in their minds. Right. Um, and, and just really how good they have it, um, how they have this platform. Right to where they can kind of promote themselves internally. And, you know, you're in charge of your own career. So, like, do what you need to do to be the best you, right? So, but I would say that really, like, with them being consistent, I was able to mesh with a lot of these guys. And um, the the consistent ones got got better faster, right? Um, and that's, that's something that through time I was able to kind of create my own niche, like, within each group, each age group, each, you know, uh, each each player that came in even the new ones you know i try to give them all the attention i can um make sure that things go about the right way uh, make sure that we're having fun things are staying loose in here um and and that we're we're really trying to focus on intent right like you don't just want to come in here and just be here to be here like be here to to work out and and to get better with the, the mindset of getting better right so that's something that i've really trying to trying to focus on i don't know if i answered your question but that's something i've been that's been on my mind a lot lately a hundred percent. Uh, and it ties in really well, uh, to a question that I ask, I've asked a lot of these guys, uh, the guests I've had on in the past, um, people with very successful facilities, uh, very successful with what they're doing. And all of them have really dialed it back down into what you said, the family, the intent, knowing their names, knowing the parents' names, knowing that you are there for the kid and they know that. You know, there's something special about that kind of atmosphere. Uh, and you kind of brought it on a little bit. What else uh, have you seen the other players do to kind of help build and create this atmosphere? Because it seems like you've done an amazing job to help continue and carry it on when you joined up. How do you see the players that are within the program work and uh, allow for this atmosphere to be created? Because there's a lot of them and, you know, only a few coaches. Right. Yeah. I actually love that question because that's something I've noticed a lot. Like I like to say a lot in here to kids, like you're not going to go to a dentist with bad teeth, right? Like you're just not. And so like I hold myself extremely accountable. Like if I'm going to go to another side of the room to explain a med ball drill, I'm going to, I'm going to run over there. Like I'm, we're getting on and off the field, right? Like, come on. So that's, that's something that I try to check myself every single day that when I'm explaining things, I'm controlling the room, that I'm going about it in very specific ways, right? And I sometimes I'll clap twice afterwards, not like 
as a group, but then like, like I catch their demeanors and they kind of, they're starting to clap a little bit and they just carry themselves a specific way. And I think the kids that really buy in and they really listen, I've noticed them kind of like jokingly, Oh, this is how, you know, they try kind of try to act like me, like coaching a specific way, like breaking it down and like, this is how you execute, execute this movement. Um, this is how you go about it. And that's something that the kids that are really consistent that have bought in that, they teach that to the new kids organically. I never once told them to do that, right? And that's that's something that I really sit back and I get to enjoy on. Um, now that I've been here for a year, uh, just barely over a year, I've had some kids, you know, the seasons change, right? It's hard to be consistent all year, but I have kids that come back in here and they're like, wow, like, I just miss, you know, this sweat and this, this like, vibe and the culture in here. And I'm, that, to me is something so beautiful to hear and that's something that I'm trying to maintain every single day. That's awesome. Uh, you brought up this small topic earlier is that you're going to be doing things that they don't necessarily like in the terms of you're going to be kind of forcing them to fail. You're going to show them the mirror of their faults. Like you said, you're not going to go to a dentist if you have bad teeth. Uh, what is the failure like in your training how do you guys incorporate that so that way it's not just uh you know kids going up they're drowning every single time they get in the water but it's also not where uh you know they're all in you know the little safety bubble and they're just wandering around how do you incorporate failure into your training to allow players to grow that's a awesome question also i thought about that and it's 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 something that in this game, especially right with baseball, like it's you're gonna fail regardless all the time, right? The best players in the world fail all the time, and that's just how it is. You have to learn through failure, and um, you know you, the brain learns through errors, right? And you have to make errors to be able to be successful later on down the road. And so I'm thinking like quantitatively, like how do we fail in here? And you know I'll bust out the stopwatch and be like, hey, you've got to be under this time for this as a group. I'm gonna pick out a kid in each group. Like if we're doing flying tens or something, like you got to be at this time. And if not, we're all gonna do it again, right? And that's how it's gonna be when they go to college and so on. That's how they need to push themselves. But I was thinking about it and like, they fail all the time, regardless or not, in the workout itself, right? Like I'm not just gonna get them in here and do like sagittal plane things the whole time right not those type of movements like i told them when i first got here and this is something i talked to coach jones about and like i want them to be psychologically stimulated the entire time they're in here like how do i land on this foot how do i balance myself to execute this movement you know how am i supposed to do a proper row you know all these things like they they should be failing very often throughout the entire workout right like once they get the flow of how things go in here like uh, that's where me and the other coaches come into play like hey this is how you should do this right even those cues like those are you those could be many fails right like if you like like smallly fail all the time you're going to just slowly progressively get better right and that's where the coaching the art of the coaching comes in and um and and that's something that i that i i see all the time because they're failing when they hit off the tee, right? Like if you don't hit the ball, you can't hit it perfect every time, right? Same with same with lifting. Like even on your warm up sets, like if even if you're doing a 25 pound dumbbell for like a goblet, like split squat or something like that, like make those first couple reps as a warm up like perfect, right? Like really execute them the right way. And if you deviate it from it at all, then it, it could be a fail, right? 
um, but everyone moves differently, right? So that's where the beauty of that conversation comes in. The idea that you mentioned earlier that you're really just fascinated with the assessment, the process of learning and identifying the ticks and tricks of different kids and stuff like that. Um, what do you uh, really do to, I guess, separate those kinds of things uh, when you're in your training sessions? Uh, are you kind of putting guys into separate groups of, I feel you guys learn like this, so I'm putting them together? Or is it kind of based on what the players are needing that day? How do you go about integrating that those personal uh, assessments with your training sessions? That's, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's awesome. I think with the volume that we have here, it's very difficult to do that based upon the class, like just pure class size and, you know, the attention span and all that. But I, I am constantly, constantly, constantly walking around the weight room, checking kids' posture. I know how they are. You know, I've been here for just long enough to understand kind of how these most of these kids move unless they're new ones. And then I'm going to do that assessment, right? I'm going to get them on the table. I'm going to check out where their passive active ranges of motion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? I'm going to do all that. I've learned learned how to do that with my experiences and I think that's like one of my favorite things to do right but throughout the weight room like if I know a kid's injury history I know a kid's working on something right now I know this kid needs you know maybe hip extension like I will I will specifically go to that kid and say this is what you need to do today instead of what everybody else is doing today and that's kind of where that assessment kind of comes into play but that's something that I inherently am always watching um, and that's something that if I view needs to be changed, I will change it. Like, I'm not afraid to deviate from the plan, right? Like, that's something that kids that, especially like, you know, like the younger ones, if there's, I mean, nobody wants to coach a hip hinge, right? That's, that's tough to do. But we're going to, as soon as you walk in here, like pretty much first week, day one, whatever, we're going to, I'm going to teach you how to hip hinge. I want you to learn how to do that. And the, that's just things that I can see um, as we go throughout every day, like, it's it's tough because of the volume, but I I definitely individualize kids and coach them in in specific ways to for their bodies to work better versus just doing the same cookie cutter program for everybody, and that's just that's something that I deviate from um, depending on the kid. It just depends on the person, really. That's awesome. That's awesome. With all of this. Uh... You're not going to say it's success because uh, I feel like the when you're the person in the driver's seat, it's always you're the one that knows the path that you want to go. And so it, it's easy to forget what you've accomplished behind you because all you see was what's ahead. Uh, for a person like me that's able to kind of look on the outside uh, looking at you, you've had a lot of su- uh, success in your early career so far. What is uh, the kind of plan? Because what you've done is what people want normally want to accomplish in like a 10-year plan. They do internships, they get their master's, they go through, they're hired on at a facility. You've done that already. <laughs> so what is your like 15 to 25-year plan with what you are doing? Are you trying to do your own uh, your own place? Are you? What is the goal uh, for Trent? Yeah, that's that's a beautiful question, and that's what keeps me up at 3 a.m. Right? Uh, that's what that's what just keeps me ticking. Also, but I I don't know. Like I, that's something that I'm always you know trying to learn more on. Like I'm I'm not like I'm gonna make educated guesses as I go, but I'm also the type of person where I'm very very analytical um, and I'm very very driven. Um, 
at least I like to tell myself I am, you know, um, and that's something that I just believe in really working hard and, you know, putting your head down and working. And, um, and, and that's something that I will probably always do. I don't really know how to do it any other way. I think that was instilled in me at a young age and it was made even more, you know, uh, prevalent when I went to JUCO, right? You, you're not going to get out of JUCO unless you work hard, right? And that's just, that's just something that's how it is and that's how it should be, right? Um, as far as the plan goes, I, you know, I'm just going to keep working. I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to keep making connections with people and I'm going to keep putting myself out there and, you know, whatever happens, happens, you know, I'm, that's just, that's, I'm just going to live in the moment. Right. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to always set myself up for the future, but, uh, you can't not live in the moment. Right. Love it. I love it, man. Um, do you have any movies, podcasts, books, people you follow on Twitter, anybody that you think is a high sought out follow that you think the listeners should really know? Yeah, so that's something that I've I've always really enjoyed. Like I said, I used to not read books. Like I would be like a book, whatever. Uh, like I'll I'll just find a way to spark note it in class, right? Yep, <laughs> and then, but yep. uh, I I definitely immerse myself like now and if I have some free time, I I want to read a book and you know it kind of helps me cool my mind, but also develop ideas, right? Um, I would say. The first book I read after um, my playing career was Conscious Coaching by Brett Bartholomew. Um, and, and like he doesn't even know it, but he, we went through the same case, uh, program at K-State with kinesiology. And um, I've just kind of always looked up to him in his, in his career path. Um, and I read his book. And I thought it had a really cool cover, right? It has a brain and a, and a, and a 45-pound weight on it. And I was like, that's sweet. I want to read it. And I read it and um, and it talks more about the archetypes of, of coach, like how you coach different players. Right. And and kind of the difficult situations you have to put yourself in. And you do you, you do you have to have hard conversations like with people all the time. Right. And so that's something that I learned a lot from from that book. And I I've went back to it. I've read it multiple times and I feel like that's really you find beauty like you can read as many books as you want. But if you, if you read a one book and really understand it like that's something i think is really cool um another thing i was just talking about being in the moment um i really enjoy ryan holiday's books um stillness is the key is probably the uh most gifted book i've i've given to other people um i really enjoy what he does um and and just the other other the other one i really do like is super weird but when rest in peace kobe bryant gone way too soon still sucks but i was like you know that guy's playing career was special that guy's built different right and i um looked into it because of his post playing career what he was kind of doing writing stories and making films and stuff like that and i was like i wonder what his favorite book was like i'm I'm just curious and i looked it up and it was a book called jonathan siegel and it i was like what is this it's like a picture book list. and i bought it immediately bought it i was like it's 130 pages I'm going to send that. And I did, I bought it and I read it and it was like the most like conceptually like deep book I've ever read in my life. And I, I encourage anybody that listens to this to go read it because it's a quick one, but that, that's, that one's up there a lot too. I, I, I like to, I like to kind of flip through that a little bit. Um, 
I, I do like to consume a lot of things, man. I could talk about podcasts for a while too, if you want me to. Let's do it, baby. But, I want to hear. I um, want to know what uh, makes Trent tick, man. <laughs> so do I sometimes, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I currently I've been really listening to the Andrew Huberman podcast a lot. Um, I think he um, does really great work out of Stanford, and he he really is putting a lot of like educational topics up there for people now that you know you used to have to pay a lot of money for and i think that's really cool um and i think he's kind of groundbreaking there i know there's other people out there doing it too and i know there's tons of good podcasts and you know there's tons of books and things like that but i i really have been enjoying what he's been putting out there lately um the other person i thought about um is somebody who's rare but uh naval i don't know if you've heard of naval naval robin he's 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 really good. He's uh, he's been on Ferris. He's he's been on a couple of things. He's not out there much, but he uh, has a book called Naval uh, Almanac, and I I haven't read it yet, but I I do want to get it. But he he's really good. He's a kind of like an angel investor type of guy, and he's he's just full of wisdom. Um, and I I feel like he's one of those guys that when he like says something, it takes you a while to kind of process it. So that's something I've been looking into more. But really, just anything like I like recommendations if I. If I have somebody who I can learn from and they give me a recommendation, I'm going to I'm going to probably read it, you know, or listen to it or watch it or whatever. You know, I, I just like that aspect of learning things. That's awesome. And that's I feel what like you said, I do believe that you are a driven person, but I think a big thing that a lot of people don't really like to, I guess, look at deeper into of what drives someone is I feel like you're a very process driven person. Um, we're not necessarily like when you get the result, like for someone like you, when you get the result, you're not done. If you get the result yeah. you're looking for, like I said earlier, you still have your vision of where you're wanting to go, not where you've been. Uh, and that is something special. And it, it's something that I feel needs to be, uh, a little bit more common in, uh, in our coaching uh, uh, careers where I feel like there's not as many people that are really looking and enjoying the process of helping kids uh, understand what they're doing. Everything I feel is very uh, narrow-minded sometimes and very uh, only looking at results, which I feel uh, – can make it difficult when you have a, a learning environment, when you're only really looking for a result rather than enjoying and understanding the process of how to get that result. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's where things can get sticky, right? Like I, I, I easily became obsessed with the process, right? Like that's something that became inevitable pretty young for me um after i was able to figure out you know what i want to do um but you find beauty in the process right like it's this is the moment right this is where we're living at and this is the process and no joel Embiid, right of course he likes to talk about it but it it, it really is like that's what that's where you're going to live like even even when you do get the results the results are really only a couple more moments in time right so that's just where you have to stay um and and you can be happy once you get the results but that's just a checkbox and you're going to move on and you're going to chase bigger and better um and and not necessarily chase you're going to work for it right and um that's something that i i hate to see because 
a lot of kids nowadays um and, and it's not just kids they'll come in and they'll be like all right we're gonna do a program um why am i not throwing 95 yet and i'm like well because it takes a long time right you can't just show up and get better like overnight you can change potentially change your mind overnight and like you can make decisions overnight but you're not gonna physiologically make a gigantic difference in you know a very short amount of time there's really like the quick fix isn't really a thing you know so that's something that i've i've kind of seen a little bit um that's something i've experienced myself like i've failed a lot you know so um that's something that you just kind of learn to you have to fall in love with the process you know the failure aspect is something that is so important and i think a lot of people can agree upon that but i think the perspective of which we look at failure is different um yeah for myself and it, i don't want to speak for you but uh, i feel like we're on the same page with it you have to fail to learn and understand what you need to do to get better. Uh, where mm -hmm. I feel some others don't enjoy learning from the failure. I feel like they would rather, I, I see it a lot with uh, certain facilities and instructors where, uh, I don't know, there's a gentleman named Tim, or, uh, Robert Riggins uh, that I interviewed not too long ago. Uh, I came across his Twitter and he was doing 150 mile an hour simulated oppo hack attack BP. Yeah. That's and tough. It, right. And it's like you have some coaches like that where they understand the failure. Some might argue maybe too much. I'm all for it. I enjoy it. I like it. Uh, but then you have some others that would like to just do little soft toss, just hit off the tee and then that's it because you just you just want them to feel good about themselves because you're scared of the failure. You're scared of the fact that you may not uh, go home the happiest camper in the world. You might go home and say, dang, I need to do this. I need to work on this. That uh, There's something to be said, I think, about that. And it's important, I think, to understand that there is a difference in the perspective of having failure in training. Uh, and I think it's very important. I think it's something that's kind of getting lost sometimes. Yeah, I agree. I think that something I try to instill every single day here is like, this is definitely an encouraging like fail environment. Like you should fail in here because if you're not failing in here, you're not going to get any better. Right? Like that's one thing that Huberman talked about. I mentioned earlier, like your brain notices errors and that's how it learns. Like you, it's, it's either success or it's an error. And so that's something that you have to do. You have to make errors. And um, that's something that I encourage, like make errors. That's how you get better faster, right? Um, and, you know, it, it reminds me of the hack attack story, right? Like I, I was doing the same thing. Like I, our coach, I, I don't know if any of my teammates will hop on this and listen, but they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, um, you know, we had a weekend where we're going to face a couple hundred mile an hour arms and we're just like, you know, we got to get ready for it. And so coach turned that thing up as high as it goes. And we were all not happy about it. And, you know, turned around and we hit better that weekend. Right. And that's something that you had to fail, you know, hit a few balls off your ankle, wear it and move on. You know, like that's just that's just how it has to be. And it, and it did help me because, you know, the hackle exposed some holes in your swing. If you're getting too big, you know, if you're 
just in general, it's going to expose you and, you know, being exposed and put on that pedestal where you're, you're in the spotlight of failing that that's so important. It has to be. Uh, I made a comment the other day, and this is something that I've been kind of telling uh, some of my guys that have been coming in. I have two options. Uh, at the end of this month, we're going to be taking a calc test, but we have two mm -hmm. options right now. I can A, give you one plus one and two plus two homework for this next month. You're going to get 100% on your homework. I don't know how the test is going to turn out. Or for this next month, I could give you calc homework. Now, you're probably only going to get 40, if that, percents on these homeworks for the next month. But I guarantee you, you're going to feel a hell of a lot more comfortable when it comes test time because you've been seeing and working with that calc homework. Now, you weren't getting 100% like you were, would be if you're doing 1 plus 1 and 2 plus 2, but you're going to be more comfortable. And it's because you mm -hmm. challenged, you failed, and you overcame. But it's just... It's a struggle, man. It's a struggle it watching some of these guys. It is, it is. But they're, you know, they have guys like us, and we're pushing them, and you know, we're just trying to make things right. So it, we're all learning together, you know. Love it. Are you? Uh, and I mean, we can. I, I can cut the podcast here. Uh, you mentioned uh, an angel investor. Are you into any uh, Gary V crypto NFTs? Are you in any of that uh, kind of stuff? I, I mean, I've definitely dabbled and looked into it and, you know, come on, I'm a, I'm a millennial too, right? We got to look at it. So, but I, I don't obsess over it. I could, you know, I kind of have an obsessive personality. Um, but I, I, I say, I say that I stay relatively away from it, but it's, I'm always aware. I think that there, there has to be some sort of awareness at a lot of different levels in this, in this life, you know, so. I am aware, but <laughs> I, I don't, I couldn't dig into rabbit holes on that. Like I could a shoulder. Right. So, but that's, that's something that I'm definitely aware of. I love it, man. I love what it. What about you? What about you? You know, I, uh, I mess around the other day. You know what Fiverr is? No, so but I, I've, I've, I've heard of it, but I, I couldn't tell you. Fiverr is this app where you can hire people to do like little knickknack services. Okay. Uh, no, like I... <laughs> digital art, a commercial, um, audio editing, video editing, just something that takes like 45 minutes that you don't really want to like scour the entire web or go on to Craigslist and try and find somebody to do it. So it's just yeah. like, uh, your local hub, uh, Oh, what's it called? What was it? Angie's list. It's like a uh -huh. virtual Angie's list uh, for wow. people that do this digital stuff. Well, I went on. I hired somebody to jokingly write uh, or make me like an NFT that I was going to like try and sell for like 10 cents or something like that. Just jokingly. I don't know, man. All this stuff, it's wild and wacky to me. It is. The, the, the amount of money that's just getting thrown around in the area and space. And Facebook just came out saying that. They're working on a metaverse for all this, and this is where all the NFTs are going to be and all this wacky stuff. It's just mind-boggling to me. Like you said, I can't get into the rabbit holes of it, but right. it's like I see – it's like someone jumping off in the distance. Like I see them jumping. I don't really care what they're doing or what they're saying, right. but I no I'm noticing it, and I'm yeah. slightly intrigued, but not enough yet. 
you're intrigued, but you're not fully aware of what's going on yet. And it's it's like nothing it's nothing really surprises me anymore. Like and when, and when it comes to things like that, it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah that makes sense. There's something else happening here. If it's big enough, I'll just search it on YouTube later and I can look it up. <laughs> that's when you, yeah, that's when you dive into the rabbit hole. Yeah, you dive into the YouTube rabbit hole and get stuck for a couple hours. Oh, God. But then you, then you learn everything, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom, man. Well, I appreciate yeah. you coming on. Uh, any last words, anything you'd like to say to the people? Uh, no, I'm just appreciative, man. I thank you for getting me on here, and it was a lot of fun. Do it again, for sure. Oh, I would love to have you on again, man. I would love to have you on again. Today, we kind of just went over a little bit about who you are, uh, the atmosphere you create, and how you train. would really like to kind of dive deep a little bit more into the hitting and baseball side of things. Oh, yeah. uh, I'd really appreciate that. But I appreciate you, man. Uh, I'll let you carry on uh, with the rest of your day. Go get that iPhone charged. Figure out a plug yeah. that you can use to actually charge your phone. Uh, right. Have a great rest of your day, man. All right. Yeah, you too, man. Take it easy.